We're going to be reading uh, from two different scenes in the Christmas story. Uh, The first scene is about nine months uh, before the day and the night of Christmas. And then the second scene is when Jesus was born. First of all, uh, Luke 1, 26 through 33. Let's listen to God's holy and infallible word. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. And then, as I said, I suspect about nine months later, Luke 2, beginning at verse 1 In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, And was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And then Luke 2.11, a few verses later, same night, different scene outside Uh, the angel speaking to the shepherds that were in the field nearby. They announced this, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. That's our scripture reading this morning. Christmas is about the birth of a baby And we read the birth announcement this morning. We love birth announcements, whether we get them by phone or through Facebook, through a special uh, birth announcement card that people do in the mail. We just had a birth announcement in our church family of two precious children, of course, Ezra and Eliza Lancer. We give thanks to God for them, even while we continue to pray for their health and growth, and while we pray for the whole family. An angel first announced Jesus' birth. Gabriel said to Mary, you will be with child and give birth to a son. And then the night of Jesus' birth, an angel gave the birth announcement to the shepherds. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Did it ever occur to you, and it hadn't really occurred to me until uh, I read it from a a Bible commentator this past week, 
Did it ever occur to you that the birth announcement that we read this morning is the last birth announcement in the Bible? It's the very last among many birth announcements in Scripture. And with these birth announcements, you know, we know the Bible isn't just sort of a random story about random people in history. The Bible is the history of redemption. And so all the birth announcements in the Bible are looking ahead to the Redeemer, to Jesus, and to his birth at Christmas. The first of all of these many birth announcements was already in Genesis 3.15, just after the fall into sin, when it becomes clear that mankind needed redeeming. The Lord, in that first birth announcement, talks about the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent and how they will oppose one another. And then we read the good news promise that the seed of the woman, the child of the woman, will crush Satan's head. The birth of the one who would do that, who would destroy Satan, is what all the other births in the Bible are looking ahead to. We, we talk in a pregnancy about expecting a child. Uh, there, there's this book, What to Expect When You're Expecting. Well, from that promise of a birth in Genesis 3.15, God's people were expecting something. They were expecting the fulfillment of that first birth announcement. They lived their lives in expectation of the promised Savior, the Messiah. They would have wondered when exactly he would come, and they would have hoped he was coming soon. Believing mothers would have wondered whether perhaps their child was the child, the seed, the promised one. I don't think we necessarily think about this, but I think Eve likely would have thought this already with Cain and Abel, those first children born. She and Adam had fallen in sin. God cursed them, but promised deliverance in the woman's seed. I'm sure Eve would have hoped that one of her children would be the fulfillment of God's promise. God said the seed of the woman, well, she was a woman and she had children. She had already experienced the the terrible and devastating results of sin. And I'm so sure Eve was ready for Christmas to come. But we know it wasn't going to be Christmas time yet for Eve. It would be a while. A little later in history, a guy named Lamech, he had a son named Noah. And the Bible says that Noah means, people named their children names for a reason then. All these names had meaning. The Bible says Noah means, and I don't know how it means something this long with such a short name, Noah, but the Bible says it. He will comfort us in the labor and painful toil of our hands caused by the ground the Lord has cursed. You can tell by the meaning of that name that Lamech 
was well aware of the curse of sin, and he knew about God's promise to fix the curse. You see, I think Lamech, way back then, was ready to celebrate Christmas. Maybe Noah was the promised one, but it wasn't to be yet. Maybe you remember Hannah, who was given a son, Samuel, and she sang a song of thanks and praise to God, and that song is all about the promises of God. But Christmas time wasn't going to come in Hannah's day either yet. In every birth, there was the hope of the promise, and along with it, the sign of the promise, circumcision in the Old Testament. Everyone was looking ahead to the birth that we're celebrating today. With this birth announcement, we read, it finally happened. The time came for the baby to be born. It would be Christmas in Bethlehem, the fulfillment of all the previous births in the church of the Old Testament. And and so it was the last birth announcement needed in the Bible because all of salvation history was about the coming of this child, Jesus. This was the last birth announcement in Scripture, but in a certain sense, this announcement is also the first birth announcement because, of course, his birth was not the end of the story and the history of God's redemption. God's mission through his people goes forward from New Testament times. After Jesus grew and started his ministry, a guy named Nicodemus talked with him late one night, and Jesus told him the promise and the importance of being born again. 1 John 5 says that everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And in John 1, the Bible talks about Jesus' birth as the Word becoming flesh. And in the same breath says, all who receive him are born of God. So you see, Jesus' arrival is the announcement of our salvation in him. And so Jesus' birth is also the announcement of our birth, our spiritual birth, the birth that really matters for all eternity, being born of God. It's our birth announcement, as Jesus told Nicodemus, if we believe in Jesus. Whoever believes is saved, born of God. And so Jesus' birth announcement That's your birth announcement, too, and mine. The angelic announcement at Christmas is an announcement about all of us because we are born of God in Jesus. We who belong to Jesus, we are children of the promise today. The final thought about all of that this morning, and the thought... It's kind of encapsulated in uh, the words of a a great Christmas carol. Actually, I have to just say that it's my daughter Hannah's favorite one, God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen, because it sounds very nice on baritone. The final thought is this. 
This message, these tidings bring us comfort and joy. They're tidings of comfort and joy and and how we need the comfort of Christmas. More than we might have expected as we go through life do we need this comfort. We expect that as children born of our Heavenly Father by believing in Jesus, to be born in in such a family, the Father's family, that, that we'd never have any problems and that our lives would always be great, that we'd always be happy born in the Father's family. But the fact is that life doesn't always go as God's children expect. The Lancer family wasn't expecting to have a precious baby girl undergo major potentially life-threatening surgery on Christmas Eve this year. They weren't expecting that. We don't expect the deep ache of missing and mourning the loss of that loved one each holiday and each and every day of our lives. We don't expect everything that God sends our way or allows to happen in our lives. Even during this most wonderful time of the year that we sing about and we see the lights in the city and all around, even during this most wonderful time of the year, sometimes especially during this most wonderful time of the year, many of God's children are suffering and hurting. Thank the Lord then that this announcement of good news brings comfort. His name, Emmanuel, points the way. It means God with us. The mystery of the fulfillment of God's promise that goes all the way back to Genesis 3 is that God decided to save us from the curse by coming to be present with us. And then he went to Calvary and rose again to conquer sin and death to keep us with him forever and ever. Because of Jesus' coming, we can know that whatever happens, he is always with us. That somehow, for those born of God, it's all working for your good. That God's children are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Though we can feel beat down, Nothing can beat us. And we can know that even death doesn't stop our Emmanuel. Our loved ones, too, are with God. And we will be as well, always. God never loses one of his children. And that leads to an abiding joy that these tidings bring a life of joy as we give praise for his birth, our new birth. We're being led in this beautiful Christmas praise this morning. It's such a joy to praise God for the one who came at Christmas. And we do that every single time we worship together. And that joyful praise among God's people fills all our living as we live like our Savior. A life of putting others 
before ourselves and our wishes and needs, a life of sacrifice rather than self-service. That's in our DNA, you know. That's the joy-filled life. And we get overjoyed about the mission of our God as it continues. There are more people who are yet to be born in him. We spread the good news of Jesus' coming, knowing that all who respond in faith will have their own precious birth announcement and experience for themselves the comfort and joy. As the angels in heaven rejoiced at Jesus' birth, the Bible says they rejoice at each new birth as people enter the kingdom through believing. And so with great joy, we build God's family and we spread the good news starting right here at Faith Church so that all of God's children might be born in him and join the wonderful family of God. What a joy to celebrate Jesus' birth today, the fulfillment of the promise of the ages. And we praise God for our own rebirth in Jesus and that of everyone born of God by believing in his Son. And we give so much thanks that this is an announcement for us Whatever we might be going through in life, tidings of comfort and joy. Jesus has come. God is with us. God is with you, my friends.